What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ohana Gaming Podcast. I'm joined here with my boy, Otendo. Hello! And my other boy, Will the Lemon. That's me. So, today, we're going to be talking about some some gaming stuff, some E3, some, uh, some other topics. Um, this is our first episode, and so... I'm looking forward to have Will and Nintendo on again in future episodes and maybe some other guests. We'll have to see how everything goes. So to start out, um, I like to start out with a little icebreaker question. So today's icebreaker question is, what is your earliest gaming memory? I'll start with you, Will. All right. Uh, so the first conscious memory I have is a Thomas the Tech Engine game on Sega Genesis. <laughs> It was like basically a bunch of mini games. It's like, oh, coloring the things with the colors, stuff like that. And I also remember playing Mario on the Game Boy. It was like uh, the seven coins, eight coins. It was something coins. Mm -hmm. It was the that one. So I would say that's my first one. As far as like a definite one, uh, my brother and I definitely played Halo together. In fact, that was like the one game that we really played together. So that was a good memory as well. So there you are. The ice has been I broken. Atinda, <laughs> what about you? Uh, so my earliest gaming moment would have to be the original Xbox. So I used to, every time it was my birthday or my cousin's birthday, we used to grab our controllers, play uh, Sidewinder and Damnation on Slayer and Capture the Flag, Oddball as well, a Juggernaut on Halo Combat Evolved, as well as I played on the Nintendo 64 playing Banjo-Kazooie and all that. It actually got, got me into platforming to begin with, so Banjo-Kazooie. And then there was um, the Game Boy Advance, where I played like Ice Age, Star Wars, uh, the prequel Lego ones. And then there was, as well, that's well, that's actually pretty much it. That's all I used to play, like some of the original Xbox games, and Nintendo 64, Banjo-Kazooie, and Mario Kart 64, and that's it. Very cool, very cool. Some very classic games. I like mm. it. I think uh, my earliest gaming memory would probably be playing Halo Combat Evolved with my with my mom and my brother. We'd uh, take turns doing campaign and stuff. And uh, I used to sit there and I would shoot smiley faces into the rocks. <laughs> Meanwhile, like my mom's out there trying to fight the Covenant and stuff, and I'm over here just being an artist. <laughs> Um, I also remember really distinctly the launch of Halo 2. Uh, my mom was a teacher at the school that I was going to at the time. And uh, on lunch break, she went to GameStop and she had gotten the Steelbook and the uh, game manual, the Big Prima's official guide for it. And she brought it to school at lunch. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was just so hyped up. I didn't even get to, like we went when we got home from school we booted up and started playing it was it was amazing. <laughs> so yeah. Those were some of my earliest gaming memories. So speaking of gaming memories, we we're we're about to make some new ones, boys, with all these new games that were announced at E3. Oh, so, definitely. I want to hear um we'll get into the some of the actual showcases in a minute, but I just want to hear y'all's overall thoughts on E3 this year because i know that we didn't have it last year we had summer of games that was kind of spread out but we kind of went back to the more you know one 
one and a half weeks of solid news. So just what were y'all's overall thoughts of E3 this year? Yeah, you can go ahead and start, Nintendo. Well, my overall thoughts of E3 was, well, I'd say average, because there were some games there that were, uh, well, there were uh, good, there were some that were bad, and then there were some that were just, yeah, well, I don't know why they were there, but then uh, there were some events that actually were very good, and surprisingly very good too, and um, a few other big hitters as well, but I'd say... In my opinion, I'd rate this like a 5 out of 10. Solid. What did you think about it, uh, Will? Uh, I definitely agree with that rating. Uh, it's it's For me, you know, E3 had been gone for like a year and, you know, people were expecting more. I, I personally wasn't. I was like, look, you know, with the, with, the, with the funny year, everything was, you know, overturned. And so it's just like new things had to happen new infrastructure but whatever overall it was fine um i was properly excited a fair bit of the time and i think that is a decent e3 if i can be excited a little bit um i i would say it's a little cgi trailer you know classic cgi cutscene trailer heavy kind of deal but people also got to realize is like there was a lot of lapse in development because of, you know, the, the big old thing that happened. So The big C. Oh, the big <laughs> one. And so, you know, I, you know, yeah, about a five, six out of ten. I agree with that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I thought, um, to be completely honest, I didn't watch but a couple conferences, but I heard a whole lot about certain ones. Um. I heard one was pretty much a, uh, it was almost like a meeting, <laughs> like a Zoom I think meeting. that was, yeah, I think that was like Take Two Interactive. Yeah, they were like, two. oh, do you have people, a, yeah, yeah. GTA 6? Nah, dog. You're going to nah. get a Zoom seminar and enjoy it. Yeah, you're going to get a Zoom meeting. But um, <laughs> I know that, uh, I know that E3 is really important for the industry, especially for developers. Um and uh also other companies that make uh accessories and things like that so there are a lot of behind closed door meetings that happen sort of the more trade show kind of stuff but for the overall game announcements i'm still kind of wondering with so many of these companies doing things on their own and starting to do that is there really still a place for e3 and the esa running this thing or do you guys think that these companies should just kind of forgo that and just kind of just do their own thing throughout the year. Should who, uh, who do you want to start? Whoever wants to jump in. Oh, whoever wants to jump in free for all. Okay. (laughs) I'll go ahead. Um, for me, I'm okay with either way. E3 has always been sort of that benchmark week to be like, okay, here's how good our hardware is sold. You know, Here's the new games that we have for it. It was very investor-focused, but now it's definitely very gamer-focused for the most part. Um, you know, there's still a little bit of that, uh, you know, we're clearly here for the people that are paying our company to do the thing. But, you know, it, I think what we'll see is we'll see a shift from hardware sales to software. I think that will become the new important figure. Because in the past, it's been like, oh, here's how many Xboxes or many Wiis. And it's like, we're at that point where, 
you know, you can get all this stuff digitally and you can play on like PC, you know, as far as Xbox goes. And, you know, the cloud, I guess we'll get that to that like way later. So, um, yeah, I think uh, either way, it'll it'll be fine. I don't mind, you know, Xbox being like, oh, here's our Xbox Direct or Inside Xbox. But, you know, I think they're going to have to pull... They're going to have to pull a big one in order to keep up with Nintendo on that kind of stuff. Oh, yes. So that's what I think on that. What do you think about that, Nintendo? Yeah, I actually, I, I say I agree with that, too. I mean, uh, E3, it's it's a, a very important time for gaming and all that. But then, uh, yeah, it's when you compare it, like, the, the people are starting to notice that, um, or people are starting to flock towards PAX because of, the E3 of back then isn't the same. The same. Oh, the E3 now isn't the same as the pack. The um, E3 of back then, and it was noticed that now they're shifting more towards like other companies are shifting towards um, streaming or making um, like a live stream and that age as well of um software. Yeah, like exactly what Will said, like software and all that. Like people will move. The companies will. I reckon in the future they'll move towards digital and because of that the stuff like e3 even though that is it does hold a special place and all that and i reckon it still continue but it won't be like what um we've been used to for so long uh, it's just, yeah yeah i agree um so say that these companies stopped doing like they stopped kind of doing stuff with the esa and did e3 do you think that we should still have like a big week that stuff is announced or do you think that companies should really kind of move towards throughout the year because hmm. the advantage for having the whole week is first of all you know all the gaming press can kind of gather together and and everyone can kind of focus on that one week right but yeah if it also allows sort of these companies to get real competitive and kind of show off their kind of big guns and what's coming for the holiday season rather than if they do it throughout the year and bombshells are dropping left and right and the other co- the companies are like kind of like okay when are we supposed to you know when are we supposed to bring the our big guns out so do you do y'all think that we should they should still keep to a week or a week or two or do you think they should just kind of just kind of do it whenever. I reckon a week or two. I reckon that option. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, especially because it's that benchmark. It's that, okay, okay, uh, employees, or excuse me, family. Uh, we're going to go <laughs> We're gonna go out here. Uh, we got the new Banjo-Kazooie Blast Deluxe Edition coming out. And, uh, and, <laughs> and we got to, you know, make sure we got some stuff ready for E3, you know. And so you work up to that and be like, okay, people want to see. Also, E3 is just so established that like, oh, is it Summer Games Fest? I mm-hmm. I didn't, honestly, and to be fair, I'm not as plugged in. I could be completely wrong. I didn't hear a thing about it, <laughs> if I'm honest. Because <laughs> yeah. like, people were like, oh, E3. And so, you know. Well, the interesting thing is, is this year with Summer Games Fest is really... I'm not sure all of how it works, but I think really what Jeff Keighley was doing was more of just trying to organize people to kind of get stuff in within this time period. Um, Mm. 
Because, I mean, the thing is, is technically Xbox showed up at Summer Game Fest and at E3, right? Um, They were listed on both of them, but they really did their own thing. It wasn't, like, hosted on the ESA channel. It wasn't hosted on the Game Award channel, you know what I'm saying? They they did it on yeah. their own thing. So that really kind of begs the question of if we're sort of moving towards, you know, this really just focused on the reveals and stuff, you know, could E3 just turn into more of an industry thing and then we sort of have Jeff Keighley running Summer's Games Fest making sure the reveals all go at one time? Because honestly, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, that's... Actually, I like that idea. And I know E3 has some controversy? Question mark? Uh, Question mark? I don't... I don't... It's something about the owners. And I am not plugged into any of that at all. So take this all with a nice spoonful of salt... Wait, what's this if about? you will. I think there's I think there's some shady stuff that went on. A little bit of spooky. Y'all can do your own oh. independent research on that. Yeah, You're, that yeah. yeah, yeah. You, Anybody listening, yeah. I'm just bringing that Another up time. only to say I you know, if it's not going to be E3, somebody needs to like pick it up and go with it. And if that's Jeff yeah. Keighley, then that's who it is. But we need to I decide think, do we yeah, keep I it as Jeff E3 Keighley, or does it move on? I think Je- I think Jeff Keighley is um I mean he's distanced himself from E3 like a couple of years ago because I think he sort of saw that it was not going in a great direction but you know what is going in a good direction this Xbox. podcast oh what Xbox. we had we had the Xbox and Bethesda showcase and I want to hear y'all's thoughts on that so we'll start with you ought to know just give me Give me a quick highlight, quick review, quick. Um, other than Halo, because we'll get we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, just tell me uh, some of your thoughts on the Xbox and Bethesda showcase. Also, all right, Altendo has a great video out about it about his thoughts on um that and Halo Infinite. So we'll plug that in the description. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. I was just about to mention that for the Halo section, but yeah, I'll be quick to the chase. Xbox Bethesda Showcase, really loved it. The best thing that that's the E3 has showed, apart from Nintendo. Uh, a lot of big bangers, the updates, although they are welcome, I wish that they were, would have been safe for other slots, like other bigger games as well. But um, I'd say Halo was, was one of the biggest highlights, and I'd say for this event, I'd, I'd give it a 8 uh, out of 10. But my only gripe would be that... Um, in that Halo event, they, um, I even said this in the video, that um, after that uh, video, they will say, like, tune, tune in to the extended multiplayer thing on the, on the Halo thing, uh, the Halo YouTube page. Like, they show up like, a little thing so everyone can look at it and see more updates and if they're interested. But other than that, I absolutely loved it. Uh, Bethesda, the Bethesda games that they showed, um, wish there were more. The, um, some of them... There's only probably two big ones that I've seen so far. Uh, there wasn't that great, but the Xbox pretty much killed it this um, E3. And, it's, and it has not been that way in a long time. So this is great for Xbox that they've evolved and they're actually uh, they're starting to recover from the Xbox One event. Oh, yes. They, they're recovering from the Don Matrick uh, uh, era. TVs. Well... <laughs> Will, give me your, your quick uh, kind of impressions, thoughts, highlights, pits. All right. Bethesda, 
if you're a Fallout 76 fan, good on you, guy. You're going to get some stuff. Even if I don't personally care, I get how you feel. I was a battle, I've been a Battlefront 2 fan, so understandable. Um, Starfield, uh, excited, uh, not stoked. I don't know which one would be more extreme, but you know the ammo counter and the gun. I was like, ooh, that's really cool. And I, you know, I like the setting. It reminded me a lot of Star Citizen, actually. But you could probably perhaps actually play this one. So, uh, you know, on Starfield. I still have a question mark, but it's also an exclamation point. So there's that. Um, you know, Halo. It was Halo. I guess we're going to be digging right into that in a bit. So yeah. I'll save it for that. Um, overall, I would say Xbox definitely came out and just smacked me in the face saying, listen, bucko, <laughs> we have money now. Pay attention. And I did. It made me seriously consider buying that Xbox uh, Series S I saw at Best Buy. Because oh, I was you like... You saw one in the wild. Yeah, I didn't buy reason. it because I have a PC, so I thought somebody else could yeah. enjoy it. So, you and, uh, you know, because I remember back when I saw like Spider-Man revealed, I was like, oh, well, time to get a PS4 now. I don't know why I have this <laughs> stupid box. Get out of here. Throw it away. I don't want to play now, with you anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and now I'm just like... Looking at my PS4 Pro, and I'm like, you don't have Halo. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, it's it's all good. I still like my PlayStation, but you know, they're they're really leveraging their um their deals. I mean, when you pay that much for Bethesda, you better freaking mm. use Bethesda, dude. So that's what I gotta say. That's that's it. That's it for me. Yeah, I I agree. I think um I think overall Xbox had solid messaging. Throughout the whole showcase, they started out strong with Starfield and said, Hey, guess what, boys, girls, everyone? It's exclusive. Sarah Bond was like, yes. Sarah Bond just straight up said, and yes, in case you were wondering, it's exclusive. (laughs) And I was just like, Sarah Bond, you're goaded. But I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they really did that. They were like, hey, pretty much everything on here is on Game Pass, you know, Game Pass Ultimate, eh, just f- fifteen bucks a month. You know, it's in, in and you got all. Yeah. You can play all these games day one. They, online. They also, yeah, yeah, that includes just, gold as well. Yeah, it includes online play. Um, the fact that they really were showing a solid pipeline of their games, and mm-hmm. really showing, also showing continued support for their um their sort of live service model that they're sort of adapting to with games like grounded and sea of thieves and uh okay. even the next forza will probably be similar to that um because they're kind of doing a whole rebrand thing but overall it was really great to see a couple couple games i saw that i was just like i want to jump into that party animals it looks like gang beast 2 mm. i don't think it's the same developers I but play it that. was I thought it was Gang Beast. I'm so hyped for that. Um, Flight Simulator coming to Xbox. That comes <laughs> out a month from to from the day that we're recording this. Oh, I so, don't know how they're going to run that game. I mean, if the oh, best PCs can't run it, I wonder how the Xbox Series X is going to run it. Oh, I think it's going to run it fantastically. I think it's going to run it fantastically. But the great thing is, um, is that there will be a way to play it on Xbox One, and we'll get into that later in the oh. show. But... Um, yeah, so I think the big highlight, though, for everyone was Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite. Halo! 
they they not only did they go get strong go completely strong with everything else and they really showed hey we don't need halo halo's not all that we have but then yeah. they come back with the strongest halo in 10 years so real quick what was your favorite thing that you saw your favorite moment in the halo infinite reveal mm. we'll start with Otendo. Uh, why are you doing this to me? There's so many things. I can't pick one. I can't pick one. Uh, but if, uh, I'd say for me, probably out of all of them, I'd say the the battle pass system. Surprisingly, mm -hmm. like this one, it's not only that it is really good that this is actually now becoming to be a trendsetter. Because I remember Halo used to be a trendsetter. But with the previous 343 games, they just started to follow a trend of other games. But now, Infinite is starting to create a new trend that other shooters are willing to implement. And that's a great thing, not only for Halo and shooters in general, but for gaming in general, too. That's why that's my agree. favorite part about it. I agree. So for, for y'all who don't know out there, um, the Halo Infinite Battle Pass will never expire. And you can buy it at any time. And you can also buy previous battle passes at any point. So say say we're five seasons in and you never got the first battle pass. You can just go in and, and pop it in and then choose to put your progression towards that pass. Um, so if you've ever played uh, the Master Chief Collection, it'll be similar to that system, just in a paid form. So that's a very cool thing I'm looking forward to. Uh, mm. Not having to worry about my battle pass ex you know, expiring if maybe I don't have time to play the game at a certain moment. But Will, what was your favorite thing that you saw? Yeah, um, or I was any gonna say. I was gonna say uh, piggybacking out for you real quick before I get into it. It's it's the multiplayer is free to play. They're gonna have to monetize it somehow, and we should be glad it's this instead of loot boxes. So before anyone, yeah, I can hear you. I hear the keyboard typing guy. I hear you. <laughs> but just understand, if you're gonna have monetization, <laughs> which you need for you know the company and for the employees to succeed that's a really good way to do it and the fact that fortnite yes. and apex players are wondering why they don't have that they're pointing the finger at the company saying hey guy why don't you do that that sounds so much better exactly that is a good that is a net positive so that's what i have to say about that um as far as halo man it's really between just seeing joseph staten on the stage and Go also that moment in the multiplayer, because with the campaign, you know, I like the campaign. I'm sure it's going to be pretty good. Even, you know, uh, I was a little bummed that we didn't see a little bit of gameplay, but it's just how it is. Yeah. And with, but multiplayer is what sold me. That moment when you grab, when the dude grapples up and just headshots a guy, and you have Jeff yeah. Stites going, no scope. Like, that was epic. Oh, I liked that. That just and made my heart the, flutter. Uh, and the and the hijacking of um the wasp with the grapple shot off oh, that was awesome grapple jack that was incredible yeah i think um honestly honestly all right i love the multiplayer stuff but i think one of my favorite things was you know that whole campaign segment dude Oh, oh my yes. Goodness. Like, oh, yeah, it was good. It panned mm. up. It panned up and mm. you saw like the marines and then you saw marines that were like captured and you had a bandage patrol around it or it was a flare you could see all that stuff and the bungee pelican yeah it, go, <laughs> then it goes straight into master chief like 
like continuing the very first cutscene of the game. So like, um, or what I think was, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, he's it was a follow-up. He's going around, and and then just like that music, and you could see like dents in his armor, and he's all mm. battered up, and um, and then of course, the weapon. Oh yes, the weapon. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, our, our no, queen. it's Cortana. Our queen. <laughs> I I saw people who were like really confused. I was like, dude, she gives you this huge exposition dump. Okay. Yeah, I'm sitting here. If you like, can't follow yeah. it because you're screaming or something, just listen for like literally a second, and then I think you'll get it. Sorry, yeah. I don't mean to be mean. I'm stoning yeah, it. I'm no, stoning it away. We're all friendly fans. Here. We don't know how to listen. Read, but come on, read anything. We are an well, Ohana. <clears throat> but yes. Very excited for Halo. Um, very looking forward to playing it. Also, we got flights coming up soon. They're pushing it yes. so much on Twitter. So it's yeah. we're gonna be playing this game before you know it. So oh. yes, X, Xbox and Bethesda showcase, in my opinion, overall W, you know, it was it was W box for a day, you know? No L's. No L's in my opinion. But Moving on, another big big showcase was the Nintendo Direct, and Ooh, yes, we had this was the first. Um, I mean, we had a Nintendo Direct not too too long ago, but I mean, this was yeah. the first like big substantial Nintendo Direct since yeah. um twenty nineteen really. So I have opinions. Yeah. So. Let's start. Will said he had opinions, so let's start with you, Will. What were your opinions on this showcase overall? Okay, before I start, you gotta understand. You know, a <laughs> lot of the stuff I'm gonna say is an opinion of mine. If you're a fan of these games, more power to you. Glad you're getting some love. Big, understandable. But a monkey ball. All right. Okay. I I'll bite. I'll bite into that one. Understandable. <laughs> um. I. Okay. I'm a big Zelda boy. Halo and Zelda compete for the top spot on my list every single day from my friends, every day. And uh, the amount of gameplay we got for Breath of the Wild, I think, was enough. Um, I was a little bit um, disturbed when I heard that that was all for the 35th an the anniversary of Zelda. Yeah. Had me a little, had me a little spooked, uh, for sure. I was like, really? You're going to give us a Game & Watch? I mean, it has Link's Awakening. I like Link's Awakening. But uh, you're given a Skyward Sword, which arguably is a very divisive game. Um, <laughs> and I certainly have my issues and my positives with it. But I think that was a big thing for me. Like when Metroid, and you know, I'm not a big 2D Metroid guy, but I definitely loved the vibe I was getting from Dread. And I might have to start playing Metroid again. I, I might mm -hmm. have to. But overall, fact it was fine. I think Xbox did better, but, mm. you know, I, I have my issues with Nintendo in general and how they chose to do the Zelda stuff. So that's my thoughts. There you go. You can take that to the bank. Cash it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I'll been you, received. You can go and jump in there. Oh, yes, yes. I will join in. Uh, as a lover of Nintendo, I would say... I definitely agree with Will. There were some big things, but uh, Xbox was still better. Uh, 
Zelda, I've never even played a Zelda game in my life. And even I know that um, they sh- could have handled the 30th, 35th anniversary. 35th, mind you. And they could have handled that a bit better. I mean, the Game & Watch is a nice touch and all that, and a few other sports. But I reckon what would have been better while, while you're waiting for Breath of the Wild 2 was to do like a, a Mario 3D All-Star style, except for that limited thing. That that was stupid. But uh, make all the Zelda games from uh, Ocarina of Time to Twilight Princess, and there, that's that'll be I'd that, pay all seventy dollars for that pack. one. That's Could worth that much, or sixty or something. Still, I don't get the seventy thing. But anyways, well, I'm uh, saying they could charge a stupid price and probably pay it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, Metroid. I, I, I'm, I'm also not a two D Metroid person. I do love it. The fact that they've actually added um the 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 robots from metroid dread that was actually pretty cool i love that they actually it was actually from the metroid prime games those robots oh, believe it or not that's yeah, how they were actually in there yeah so that was a little neat touch to the whole thing and then there were a few extra stuff in there that i didn't care too much about the shin tem whatever that yeah, word shin is Miguel that was a good thing to see. yeah yeah that one that still one, not persona 5 uh, but okay yeah it was like that game was still being made even when the Switch came out, and we find they got finally got some news on that, so that was actually good. Then there was Breath of the Wild two. That was that looked pretty good too. But um, yeah, overall I'd say this wasn't the best, but this was a good one. It could have been better. Plus no Pokemon that made me upset. Um. I think for me, I was watching it kind of while I was at work. <laughs> I kind of just had it on, like, like Clinton over. I watched, started it at lunch and then keep, kept watching it. Um, I thought it was really interesting that, you know, Metroid Dread, evidently, I'm, I'm reading here, evidently it's the conclusion of the five-part saga that began with the original Metroid. And it's the first Metroid since um 2002, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of crazy to think about, especially since Metroid is such a big one. And with all, think about all of the Metroidvania games that have come out in the past, you know, since then with games like Hollow Knight, Dead Cells, like all of these different games. Um, And here we have, you know, <laughs> the one that started it all kind of finally coming back. It'll be interesting yeah. to see if they do any. Uh, if this is supposed to be a conclusion, you know, if they go back to 2D and Metroid, what are they going to do? Is it going to be a kind of spin-off, a new kind of story, new character? You know, that'll be kind of interesting to look at. Uh, I think a big standout for me, though, was the Mario Party Superstars. Because oh, yes. Having yeah, Mario, Mario Party... Having Mario Party... Super Mario Party was all right, but they didn't have online play for a while. And, like... You had to use the Joy-Con. And, you know, honestly, even though I'm careful in my house, most of the Joy-Con in my house drift. So it's just not a good time. <laughs> it's really not a good time. Yeah. It is. So yeah. just seeing that, that gets me excited. I definitely want, um, if if all y'all get it, I I definitely want to have some some Mario Party Nights in the, uh, in the Discord. Yeah. So even if, like... I want it where we have enough people where we got to do like two different chats where we have, you know, two different Mario Party games going on. I think that'd be very fun. It really um, 
Advance Wars is interesting. They revisited that. I might, oh, I should have brought that up because I actually if it really wasn't, like yeah. Wars. If it wasn't full price, you know, I might pick it up and try it. I just, you know, with Game Pass and, you know, me just not playing my Switch that much, I just haven't been spending that much money on games. Uh, I think the only game I'm really going to buy this year is going to be Mario Party and if they have a Legendary Edition of Halo. And that'll probably be all I buy this year, to be honest. But Halo um, CE for Switch, please. And thank you. Yes. 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 Halo, Halo CE. Or maybe CC um, in general. Halo CE for Switch, please and thank you. Yeah, I feel like they could get away with just doing CE and people hey. be like, oh. Why stop there? But, Why not just put MCC on the Switch? Well, funny you bring that up. That kind of goes into our next topic, which is cloud gaming. So, say hey. you wanted to play gaming. Hey. MCC on Switch, all right? You know, oh, no. there's a possibility that um, if Xbox, if Xbox and Nintendo, you know, could figure something out, we'd have Game Pass through xCloud on Switch. I'm kind of skeptical that that would happen just from a business yeah. standpoint, but it's still it's still a possibility, and I think it's a good conversation to bring up, um, sort of start thinking about the future of gaming. So for those who don't know, cloud gaming is is something that's sort of kind of really sh- taking shape more recently. It's something that's kind of started a while ago, but hasn't really been that feasible, and pretty much how it works is just like with Netflix or Hulu or Disney plus where you stream movies, you know, you don't own them. You don't have them anywhere. They just come from the cloud, just like YouTube as well with cloud gaming. How it would work is say you wanted to play a game and on your computer or your phone or whatever, you hit a button and it starts that game up in a certain, excuse me, in a server somewhere. (laughs) And then it will process the game within that server with that hardware, and it will stream down the video signal and audio signal to your device. And then it will also send up your controller inputs. So with like Xbox games and xCloud, or what they're calling is cloud gaming with Xbox, I still think xCloud kind of has more of a ring to it. But yeah they're using you know xbox hardware and and playing it on the cloud and um xbox has really been taking off with this and really kind of pushing it as sort of right now they're sort of pushing it as a a secondary way to play um especially with including it with game pass ultimate but i think in the future they're looking at it for a primary way to game for a lot of um a lot of casual gamers so what do you guys kind of think about that concept and what are some of your kind of worries and what are your some of optimisms i want to hear from uh Otendo first from the oh, sorry could you repeat the question again <laughs> what are some what are your thoughts on um cloud gaming and what are some of your kind of worries or uh concerns about sort of the whole thing uh well i probably would say oh i'm i'm honestly excited i'm I'm happy for it because i'm really enjoying game pass and um, all that stuff i love the fact that it saved me so much money 
like from as much as I'd spend like a seventy dollar game, I could, I could get like three or four games that much and save and save just as much for like almost a year, and that's that's a plus for me. But probably my biggest worries would be would be like um less and less physical copies. I love physical copies. I mean, limited editions are really awesome. They're nice touch, and um as well, there could be a little situation like um. The original Kingdom Hearts 2 that um, the original file for that was almost missing almost missed like the one from the PlayStation that, that was going to disappear forever until like um, they had the PC version that was stuck on there but um, uh, how do I so like yeah, games I... preservation yeah games preservation I reckon that that's probably um, could be a big a bit of a worry but um, yeah I reckon I'm I'm obviously I'm I'm not very negative with the whole moving to digital thing because I'm all for it. I mean, it's it's cool. I like it so far. I've been getting positives from it. Very cool. Will, what are your thoughts on sort of the digital future as well as um, cloud gaming and your concerns and optimisms about it? Yeah. So, uh, to speak on game preservation, I definitely feel like. Um, you know, not having the game, it's going to be more up to the devs of the game and the companies they work for to just like preserve the living butt out of it. Just have backups on backups, uh, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, I have a lot of digital games. I play primarily on PC. So like, I don't have a disc drive. I, I use Steam. You know, my Switch is pretty much for the most part all digital. Yeah, but you know, and the games that I have on the shelf are ones that I have wanted to keep physical, and want to make sure I have. Now, as far as cloud goes, um, I started messing with it when I was like, "Oh, it'd be really sick to hook up my Razer Kishi to my phone and play the funny Halo game in bed." <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, this is kind of not very fun. I'm getting these really bad like lag and everything." And I'm like, "Okay." Well, let's try it on my PC. It's plugged into Ethernet. Like, I think, Johan, you and I were playing some Halo 5 on cloud just, mm -hmm. just because. And it was funny. It was fine for a while. And then it suddenly just wasn't. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I'm i I'm a PC gamer. I play Rainbow Six Siege with keyboard and mouse, dude. Latency is a big thing for me. And so, like, I'm turning the stick to go shoot a guy, and it just snaps, like, 90 degrees for no reason. <laughs> And that oh, just wow. bugs the absolute, uh, you know, crap out of me. So it's just like, okay, you know, there's a lot going on here. Um, Google Stadia soured a lot of people because when mm. they started launching, they were like, oh, we're not really gamers, though, but we're going to act like we are. Mm. And I was like, no, no, no. Be honest. Like, just come out there and sell. Like, you haven't done anything. Amazon, I feel like, could be a very big player, especially they already have Amazon AWS Cloud, and, you know, mm -hmm. they've been doing that for longer than Google has. They run, like, most of the internet. If Amazon Web Services goes down, most of the internet goes down. Well, exactly. Yeah. Like they, they scale up their servers during the holidays. They scale them back. It's all about that cloud elasticity. I'm saying this because I work for a cloud company, essentially. So well, we, we got, got the insider knowledge, knowledge right here. So if you ask me, like cloud gaming is great, but you know, especially like Autendo, I know sometimes we talk about Australian internet. Well, how is that yes. going to get to you? Like, you know, yep. uh, I would, if I had some hopes and thoughts to give, you know, Microsoft, Google, 
Amazon, I would say make these kits. Like I have an Ethernet adapter for my Nintendo Switch. I even then I've tried playing the cloud version of like Control or Hitman Three. It ain't very fun. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell mm. you right now. And if they started selling a kit, right? So say you sign up for the X Cloud service um, with Game Pass, or yeah. like you go to your Best Buy, and they have like a little plastic pack that's like an Ethernet adapter for you know your yeah. computer or something. And then it comes with a card for Game Pass. Yeah. You know, something like that. Actually, or, you know, if Nintendo starts getting buddy-buddy with Microsoft and they put xCloud on there, make a, make a nice red and green box for, for Nintendo Switch. Here's your little cloud kit and maybe a actually, controller. Now, now that you bring it up, Will, xCloud isn't really available in Australia at all. You can't oh, even get it. Well, there's another thing right there, availability. You know, I think yes. during this last year, you know, companies have had to scale to cloud more so than ever. You know, having on-prem services is great until it costs quite a lot to run them. And so yeah. I, I think I think we're going to see some scalability as well. You know, more availability just needs to happen. And, you know, I, I don't live in a very big metropolitan area. I don't live in downtown. I don't have amazing... I have good internet. I don't have, like, gigabit internet. Me. So, like, <laughs> I'm able to stream. Like, I've been watching Scooby-Doo on Netflix today. That ran perfectly fine on my PS4 using Wi-Fi. But I guarantee you, if I tried if I tried uh, doing Halo 5 on my PC with Wi-Fi, it would not be a fun time. So, yeah. it's that optimization that all the companies need to work on. I think that's going to be a big thing. So, that's my mm. thoughts. I think so too. I think really, um, I think really Microsoft takes the smart approach by not really making it like the only way to play and making it or trying to make it a primary way to play because they know that the tech is only just kind of getting where it's somewhat bearable, you know, like even though there are a lot of issues, I think a couple of years ago, we wouldn't have been able to get to this. Oh, point. we laughed at it. We were laughing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come out. And, you would have thought, dude. Yeah. And, um, you know, Microsoft's really big into the Azure cloud and trying to build that out. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, um, honestly, uh, Japan has pretty high speed internet, right? Just kind of all oh, around. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was like they do have decent internet, but because of the old thing that happened, they had to retool it a lot because a lot of people mm. went to work. That's True. what you did. You went to work. You didn't work from home. Yeah. So. But. What? But the thing that the thing is, is it's not like U.S. where, you know, you'll have like these really metropolitan areas and then you'll have, you know, like dial up, you know, it's pretty consistently speedy over there. I think honestly, I think that this could be a good way for Xbox to really get into the Japanese market because they've yeah. had an issue, real issue with getting into the Japanese market. And I think once they get the tech solid, right. And they get it where it's really reliable, and you know, five G is put out a lot in a lot more areas. Yeah. Um, I really think that this is when this thing's going to take off, uh, especially in places like Japan. And if they they would probably have to change how they price it and everything in Japan because trying to sell it where the it's just on the you know your primary thing is X Cloud. I feel like it would be they'd have to they'd have to figure it out but i feel like that's how they can get their foot in the door there and yeah. once once um once the internet speeds 
sort of keep and, and cellular speeds start increasing all around and the the tech just because it's still in beta still in yeah. beta the tech just keeps increasing i think cloud gaming is going to be a way that a lot of um people a lot of casual people interact with gaming and you still have your hardcore um dedicated market but it's just one more market to tap into just like yeah, xbox exactly. decided well we can you know our consoles are pretty much just you know little pcs why not put our yeah. games on pc too yeah, especially when they own the windows platform yeah they, so it's not so, so much of a loss i find it interesting when i was watching the nintendo direct um there was that guardians of the galaxy game and i was yeah, watching yeah. it and i'm like i thought they i swear i thought they were going to announce a switch pro because i'm like these graphics look like normal like they look good and then I hear later, I hear later that it's a, um, you know, cloud only game. And that kind of brings up the question, do they need to label these a little bit more? Because um, honestly, they had it was a just very fine print small, at the bottom. Yeah, they had yeah. a very small fine, fine print. print. You had to look at it. But I mean, look, you're looking at Star-Lord smacking a dude. And so you're like, looking at that. You're not, you're looking at the game, what's being presented to you. That's how they get you. Yeah. and then they're like print. they're like oh it's actually cloud though because because we're not going to build better hardware but <clears throat> sorry excuse me too much negative <laughs> no, you're good honestly but, oh, oh go ahead honestly if they are to release a switch pro i reckon the best game to sh- truly show how powerful or how great it is is metroid prime 4 i reckon that game should definitely, definitely demonstrate what the switch, switch pro can do yeah for sure i agree for sure because like Mario Odyssey so, already looks good. Because I've been thinking about that, just like a really updated, like very nice looking ray traced. Because Nvidia <laughs> chip runs it, so I was under yeah. the impression that it was like okay, they would use some Nvidia trickery, you know, the AI upscaling along with DLSS. You put just a dab of ray tracing in there, and maybe make it so you can turn it on and off. Yeah. Like, I thought that was going to be our natural progression. Because it's like they clearly want to stick in this sort of tablet format, which is fair. When I got my Switch, I didn't take out the dock, guy. I stayed up till 5 in the morning playing in, <laughs> playing in my bed. Handheld. In my, in, uh, the tablet in my bed. Yep. So, like, you know, I you know, it's always been, like, uh, you know, shout out to Late Night Gaming on his cloud video. But hey. I had the same idea. I was like, hey, I want to play Halo in bed. I want to play GTA 5 in bed use steam link and it's like it works mostly it gets you there you know i think geforce now has really been my only decent cloud experience mm. from nvidia and i think you know more companies that can follow that and really you know be like okay we're really shifting towards software sales as well as hardware because i mean look i can't even get a ps5 i can't get an xbox yeah, no one can really. So yeah. it's like, you know, you have the cloud and so maybe maybe you want to get an Xbox, but for now it's fine to jump in the cloud, play Fortnite with the boys, and then get yeah. your Xbox later. Something like that. Or you know, you're watching TV with the family, you're watching a zombie movie or whatever. Those are popular again. Um Yeah. And then, you know, all you know, Teenage Tommy and the boys uh, finish the movie, and then you know with their Chromecast, they can hop into Destiny Two and do a strike or something. 
Yeah. Yeah, or they get in the mood uh, with the zombies and like, hey, let's play some Back for Blood on day one on Game Pass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I mean, I know that yeah. um, Xbox too. They uh, they said which this has been speculated, and I was already telling people about it before it was announced. I was like, they're going to be doing this. Just watch. They're going to be integrating xCloud into TVs. They've already been yeah. talking with TV manufacturers. And with a streaming stick. Doing a stream, a dedicated streaming stick. And also, to bring us back bring us back to what I was saying earlier, is they're also integrating it into console. So Xbox One, as well as Series X and Series S, can play games before you download them. But also, the older hardware can play games like Flight Simulator through streaming. Yeah. Because that's another yeah. thing. If you're really holding on to that VCR, dude, then hey, maybe yeah. pop in an Ethernet cable, you know? Mm. And again, I'm thinking, you know, have a kit at the store that people can physically buy that they don't have to go online for. I think that's a big thing. Is like, I want to go strolling to Best Buy. Xbox is like, hey, here's our Xbox streaming kit, you know? Here's you with the little stick or, you know, a box reminiscent of it. like the Amazon Fire Cube. Stick it on there, plug her in. It comes with a Bluetooth uh-uh. Xbox controller. There you go. You're gaming. Ooh. You're gaming. You know, honestly, I'd hopefully, buy I'd buy it. Yep. I think if they I'd do a stick or a cube, they do. They better integrate Ethernet into there. Otherwise, you're yeah, gonna like hear the from Apple me. TV or something. Yeah, you'll be hearing from me. I'll be back. Microsoft, I'll <laughs> be back. You'll be hearing from me. We'll crawl in there. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if the next generation will just all be digital consoles or something like the streaming services. I reckon in the future that definitely might happen. Mostly. Yeah, like they see how profitable I, streaming and all that is, and um, I can only hope it's good enough by then. I feel yeah. like, well, I feel like personally, we're not going to see. I don't know if we'll ever get to a streaming only future. But I do think the digital only future is coming yeah. real soon. Um, but streaming will be a lot bigger of a player into it. But just because yeah. of just because of the the interactive nature of gaming, um, like rather than something like music or 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 movies, I can't see them really keeping it where it would just be streaming only. But I do I do think that we're getting real close to a digital only future. Yeah. And you know, I would uh shout shout out again. Same token did a video about preserving Halo. And mm-hmm. you know, he did talk yeah. about games in general as well. I and mean, also the what fact, I said too. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that, you know, MCC might one day be emulated on a computer. Like what yeah. we're playing now, you know, down the line when I'm an when I'm an old somebody some something I'll be doing something and you know it'll it'll get to the point where it's like oh i'm gonna grab my arm chip computer not made by microsoft or something and be playing like mcc you know we're gonna get to that point but i think the problem is and i know xbox um i don't know if you guys watch modern vintage gamer oh again another one of those mm-hmm. no he covered a very interesting little problem that the Xbox has, the new ones. Oh, it's a little, like little DRM issue, baby. And that's where I'm like, okay, we can't have these issues. We can't have that going forward. It's just not acceptable. 
Like if I if Here's... I get my streaming box, I buy the game. Let's say you say they have a library where you can buy the game for like sixty dollars. I expect to be able to play that game no matter what. I own it. Mm. And if I see that little screen pop up saying, "Oh, you don't have the license," oh boy, I I fear the, I fear the Microsoft rep I talked to that day. <laughs> I agree. You know I have. I have one quick question and then we're going to have to wrap it up. So yep. I'm going to leave you all with this. Um, with, in the terms of game preservation, um, I know that in the U.S., the Library of Congress, um, they have something that they do to preserve like arts and movies and music where they, you know, will request like the, the masters or like a, a, a version of it you know, like a, a film reel or whatever, you know, to keep preserve important pieces of media. Yeah. Do you think that they should start doing that for video games? And how would that even work? Hmm. I, That's a- I think absolutely. And quite frankly, it's about mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah. Like, you know, unfortunately, I think it's, you know, just like how there's different movie studios, like, you know, and even like cable companies like nbc comcast whatever it's it's one of those things where they're gonna have to be like hey nice game you got there you need to make sure that's backed up so that we have it preserved Mm -hmm. and you know you have all the people who are like oh well video games aren't art you just shoot the man in the head and that's the end (laughs) like that is that's still that's unfortunately still a prevailing thing luckily not nearly as much anymore um but, you know, that's just when this generation needs to be interested, you know, doing civic duties in general. And, you know, maybe we get people who feel the same way up on that podium to be like, hey, this is considered art. And it should be treated yeah. as such and should be preserved and such. So I think that's just a time thing. And hopefully it won't be too late. So there you go. Yeah. And that that's that be my opinion as well. Like the same as Will. That's exactly what I think. That's not much I could say about it. I think so too. I think it needs to. I think it needs to happen because, uh, you know, I I, I don't want to lose my banjo kazooie. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't, lose my no, I don't want to either. You know, I don't want to. I don't don't want a future where you know the only way I can play these games is a chinked up version. You know, well, just like, like uh, George forever. Lucas Star Wars. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If y'all, interesting story. If y'all want to look that up. George Lucas, um, he, when they started doing the films, the notable films, you know, that made a c- big cultural impact, um, yeah. that was on the first lineup of films to be preserved, and George Lucas oh. sent him sent them, um, like the 1997, uh, you know, anniversary edition that had all Ooh. the bad mm-hmm. CGI yeah. and stuff and changes yeah. and Brito shot first and all that. And to this day, Star Wars is still not being preserved by the Library of Congress because they didn't send them the uh, the original oh. version. Now, to be fair, so, it's not the new Blu-ray ones. <laughs> oh, True, yeah. or or the Disney Disney Plus um, McLuckley or whatever. Oh. Anyway, we, anyway, right. we I, wrap that up for you. Yeah, that's all we've got for today, fellas, ladies. Yep. So, y'all have any any closing thoughts before we go? Gaming. Ah, uh, yes, gaming. Uh, I do yes. I do want to do this again. This is fun. Again. Oh, yes. Hey, albeit some technical difficulties, we did it. We did it, fellas. Yeah, we, we did, did it. it. We're here. We did it, boys. Uh, yeah. Episode two, I'm looking forward to. And also, 
Mm. Again, I'll say it again. Nothing worth starting starts smooth. You got to get oh, this. Yeah. So for for those of you who made it this long, we recorded about thirty minutes into it. We recorded all the way to the Halo portion, and then Attendos. Uh, PC crash technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah it hey, crashed. it happens. It happens. I but just believe how it. it is. But we we powered through. We made it. We made it, and you know we're excited for what the future will bring. So mm. with that being said, um, goodbye, fellas, ladies. Goodbye. Be good. Be kind. And, uh, and be an stay off of Twitter. If you got a hot yes. take, don't go on Twitter, please. It'll just yeah, if, you yep. got a hot, if you got a hot take, you know, tell it to your dog, your cat, your grandma. <laughs> you, <laughs> know, you know. Unless they're uh unless they're kind of mean to you, you know. They could yeah. be on Twitter. Anyway. <laughs> see y'all right. next time. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.